What's up, everybody? Welcome to the With You Podcast. I am David. And Jeremiah. And today we'll be talking about living with authentic Christianity in every situation. Absolutely. Which I think as, not only just as Christians, but as men, I think that we are very, just just tempted very easily. You know what I mean? And, and once we kind of get our eyes set on something and, and our heart set on something, it, it, it can be pretty tricky to keep your godly character and keep your just, you know, as a, as a gentleman, you know what I mean? Not even just godly. It, it can be hard to just, you know, keep those things under control because we turn into animals sometimes. Right. Yeah. And it's also difficult, as you said, like when you're younger to make sure that you're not being two faced to being mm-hmm. in that same, the same personality, the same authentic and integral living that same lifestyle all the time, yeah. whether that's with, you know, your friends or your family, just being the same person all the time, not having to try and act too cool or trying to do certain things with certain people because you want to fit in. Just being who you are and being genuine to who you are all the time is really important. So, yeah. So let's jump into that aspect of it first. So like I know for me growing up in church, my family has been in ministry my entire life and then going to public school but then having church, there was like two different lives completely, right? Like yeah. my church life was very just holy and sanctified and, you know, we're going to youth camps and <laughs> kids church and right. I know all these Bible stories and verses, but then like at school, that wasn't really the coolest thing to present. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I wasn't out there at school talking about God or sharing my testimony with people. I think that I lived differently obviously than my friends you know what I mean like I was very nice to everybody I wasn't doing everything that everybody else was doing I wasn't doing drugs and doing just you know typical teenager stuff um but at the same time I also wasn't like yeah Jesus and the reason I'm having a great day today is because God's blessing me like it wasn't it wasn't a hundred percent you know what I mean who I was in the crowd of church where I was like that. You know what I mean? Like I was leading, I was speaking, I was able to operate in, you know, my faith. Um, But that was my experience, obviously, because it was very two different worlds. Like it was like public school and then it was church life. What was it? How has it been for you? Because you're still in high school. So like, right. How is that for you with kind of navigating that piece of it? Or is it the same or how is it different? Yeah, well, I grew up most of my life in public school, so I was Mm -hmm. still around, you know, I was still around non-Christians for most of my life and most of my school life. So it was difficult trying to like, because I was stand out and I I wasn't the same as everybody else. And it wasn't until the end. So I was in public school through eighth grade. So it wasn't until the end of my eighth grade year, or kind of somewhere around my eighth grade year that I started to like really realize who I wanted to be and, and that I wanted to live for Christ. Mm -hmm. So, but before that it wasn't, the same like it was it was definitely more like how you how you grew up like it was like you know I was still happy like I was still obviously more joyful and and not depressed or not you know um being a part of the drugs or the drinking like that wasn't who I was even before I decided to actually make my life Mm -hmm. serious for Christ but then I transferred to a private school a private Christian school and it's still what really wasn't you know it wasn't the environment I was surrounded with wasn't totally christian like a lot of the kids there were still 
doing drugs or they were still, you know, um, messing around with girls or still doing whatever. So it was still like I had to make sure that I was keeping myself in the right mind and making mm. sure that I wasn't falling into that. And it wasn't it wasn't easy, like and still isn't easy. I was going to say, how is that like, especially going into a Christian school where you're expecting to have like this environment where everybody is Christian and it's easy to be like completely open with your faith and do all those things. How was that going into that environment and being surrounded by people who weren't that like, was it disappointing? Was it surprising? Like how did, how did that work? Well, I think I was definitely disappointed because it surprisingly wasn't as easy to share my faith as I thought Mm -hmm. because like my, like the way that I believe is different than a lot of what they believe. And like, you know, we don't all go to the same denominational church, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't all believe the same. Not everybody is focused on Jesus in the same way I was and not everybody was interested in that way. So it made it difficult and kind of confusing for me because I was like, Oh, I thought I was going to come here and you know, everybody was going to be like me, but they weren't. So I'm just sitting there or I would just be going through school. Like, okay, like I still need to find those friends that are going to be, you know, they're going to be like, to hold me accountable and make mm-hmm. sure that I'm living the the life that I should be living. But it wasn't until I started living that way, like for real and making sure people knew that at the school that people started to respect me for that. And then eventually I got friends that did mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they kind of saw the importance of it as well. Yeah. And, you know, I was still getting invited to parties or, or to go hang out and go drink or do whatever. And it was weird. Like, it's not what I would have expected at all. And I was kind of like, disappointed about it i was like like this is supposed to be the god environment where it's like super nourishing for me to be this like you know growing christian and all that yeah Yeah. and so my i believe my sophomore year it was actually like really weird because like you know you assume being at a christian school everybody Mm -hmm. would have been prayed for but my sophomore year there's this one girl she had been there i think the same month like she came the year before like i did but she was having a really bad day so i asked her if i could pray for her and she was like what like what are you talking about Mm, like mm -hmm. why are you asking me that like she had no like she didn't think i was being serious because nobody had ever asked her to be prayed for before it's insane yeah and i'm just sitting there like are you serious like we go to a christian school and you've never like nobody's ever prayed for you Mm. that doesn't that doesn't even make sense so for me like that's who i feel like i need to be all the time is you know asking people like hey can i pray for you especially when they're having Mm -hmm. a bad day like that's how i would want it to be yeah, I think it's I think it's cool just to see like in spite of that not being the environment that you needed it to be or wanted it to be, you were still able to like find you know what you needed to do in order to make it that way. Right? So like I think in a lot of situations and even in my own life and when I was in high school, it was like okay, how can I be my authentic self? Like I think that deep down everybody really wants that. Like, even if you're not a Christian, I think everybody wants to be who they really are. And I think the world just kind of damages that. Yeah, they suppress it. Exactly. So, like, every person is unique. Every person has personality, like their own personalities and just things that make them different and exciting and cool and weird or, you know what I mean? All those different things. But, like, the world just kind of comes in and, like, stamps that light out and, like, puts that fire out in you so that you just kind of conform to what every other person looks like or what every other person was doing. Right. Right. And so I think that the people that are able to, especially at a young age say, okay, forget all that. You know what I mean? Forget all these people that are trying to make me like them. 
with whatever tactics that they're using, whatever tactics the devil's using, if you will, right. to try and put that out. Those are the people that really excel and are able to just rise above that kind of how you do. Right. right. So for me, when I went to school, I grew up in, uh, you know, I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to put it in a nice way, but I grew up in a city where the. um the socioeconomic status was pretty low. So poor people, right? And the demographic of the city was very mixed. You know, you had black people, you had white people, you got Hispanics, you have these Europeans. It was just all these people from all over the world, really just in this same city where I grew up and everybody was poor. And that's what I knew. You know what I mean? There's there's a lot of things that come with poverty and things like that where people are in homes that don't have fathers. People are in homes where the kids are of mixed race and different colors. You could have a kid, you could have a house where one kid's white, one kid's dark skinned black and one kid's Puerto Rican. And that's how I grew up. Right. Right. And so when I went, we moved when I got to seventh grade and we moved to a upper middle class, like community and city. And it was, you know, predominantly white and everybody had money. And I just remember when we moved there, it was like this shock for me because I had never even understood that I was different or I had never even understood that like, oh, my gosh, my mom's white and I'm black. Like, I never knew that that was an issue. And my stepdad's white, too. So it looks like now all these people are asking me, my friends, if they come over my house in this new city, they're asking me, oh, are you adopted? Like they think my parents are like some rich people that went to Africa and like (laughs) adopted some kid or, you know what I mean? Something like that. And like, I just remember going into school and realizing like, oh my gosh, like all these kids have families that everybody looks alike and everybody has a dad and a mom and everybody has all their stuff like just together. And it's so perfect. And I just remember feeling so outside of it. Like there's nothing I could do to ever be a part of this group. And I think on one hand, it was kind of sad at first when I was like early on, like 13, 14 ish. But I think as I got older into high school, it really allowed me to be like, I'm above all that. You know what I mean? Because before the perspective I had about it was like, oh, I'm beneath these people and I can't get like that. But once I, as I got older, I saw that like, oh, I don't need to conform to what these people are, how these people think, because I'm not like them and I never will be. And that's okay. And so I think like when I was able to embrace that, that's when I was able to really be authentic, if you will, with my Christianity. And and I'm not talking about to the level where I was over here preaching to people because I never was. But at the same time, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't going to parties like that. I wasn't doing the stuff that, you know, other 16, 17 year olds were doing because I was set apart. And so even though I might've still had those friends, even though I wasn't over here, you know, praying for people in the hallways, doing these things, I was already separate in my mind. And as living that authentic self, I was able to just kind of transcend all of that just negative stuff and be my authentic self in high school. And I can say definitely I was still, you know, me, I didn't conform to the things that these people were doing. You know, yeah, you mentioned being set apart, and I think that's uh-huh. like one of the most important things that we need to realize, especially like for me when i when i'm when I've been growing up, you know, 
my family got divorced and then, mm-hmm. you know, I, my brother's here, my sister's here. Um, now I have four little bro- brothers that aren't fully my siblings. And mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. for me, finding my place was never about identifying in anything other than Christ and in mm-hmm. who I wanted to be and who he called me to be. So for me, it was finding individuality in that and not being the same. Yeah. That is what called me out and called me into being who I am now. Yeah. And like you said, you know, you had to figure that out for yourself with, with something different than I did. And for me, it was, even though I was in, you know, at first I was in a, a public school environment where it was like, most people weren't Christian. And I was like, okay, I know I'm different, but I don't really know why, like, like, why am I feeling different about this topic? Or why do I not get angry at the teacher? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing all my schoolwork and giving everything I have to, to it? Because, you know, because I'm a Christian. So everything I do is for God. Right. And yeah. then when I came to a Christian school, I was still set apart, right? Like I was still, I, in my mind, like I still felt like I was still very different from everybody else. Like I was still outside of what most of them were doing, right? even though I'm in a Christian school. And so learning my indiv- individuality and being set apart in that and being set apart where it was like, I'm not going to do exactly what everybody else is doing. Or I'm not going to yeah. look up to, you know, celebrities and try and be just like them because I know that they're not who I want to be, right? Like they're not Mm -hmm. the perfect example. The only perfect example was Jesus. And that's who I need to model my life after. I think we both had a a very mature perspective is what seems to be like the common ground there is like, we kind of understood how the world (laughs) was working a little bit earlier, but I think that that's hard for a lot of people. And I, and I think that especially for young people that are just becoming teenagers or even people that are just starting to become adults, like that can shock you. You know what I mean? Reality hits really, really hard sometimes. And I think for us, we had that hit at a younger age. And so we kind of grew up with reality. But for a lot of people, bro, like there's reality is not going to hit until you turn 16 and there's drugs at the party and people are offering it to you. That people that you are your best friends. You know what I mean? Or reality is not going to hit until this beautiful woman is trying to get into your house and have sex you know what i mean like that that doesn't it doesn't always people don't always grow up with that you know what i mean there's a lot of people that have a lot of just like shelter and live in a bubble that until it's broken and they see how things actually are right you know what i mean they they, it's hard for them not to just conform to you know what the world is doing but i think i think there's a there's a lot there where it's like it's such a it's such a strategic attack from the enemy, right? To like yeah. put that flame out because, you know, there's there's so many things that if you're not careful, you can fall into without even thinking about it. So like, what are some of the things that you've seen like just like young people right now in high school without even like intentionally becoming a part of something? Like, what is some of the stuff that goes on now that you know people are just being crowd controlled essentially into believing and thinking and you know yeah um well we already kind of talked about it but Mm. i think drugs and drinking and especially like smoking weed like all my friends at my old school so we were all athletes so we all played basketball Mm -hmm. and and all those sports and my best friend i'm not gonna say his name but my best friend and i we like told each other like we're never gonna do drugs like we you know we're never gonna do that because we're athletes like you know like we're not gonna destroy our bodies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then a couple years down the line, so I, I probably last year, two years ago, I find out from somebody else that not only did my friend do that, but he was the one that started doing it in our friend group. 
And so I'm just sitting there like, man, like if I didn't make a change in my life and I didn't choose to live differently, Mm -hmm. then I would have probably been in the same place. And, you know, my friend might not have really wanted to do that, but his older brothers were probably doing that, right? Like his, his older siblings were doing that and he didn't have the, the mental strength to say no. Right. And so for me, like I've always been relatively mentally strong where I can be like, no, like I'm not going to go do that. And, you know, I've been invited to parties and I've been like, you know, commit, like they're like, convince your parents to go let you go because, you know, you want, we want you to be there and, you know, you'd be so fun to have there. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, you know, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. And a lot of people fall into the trap of, oh, just this one time or, oh, I'm not going to get addicted. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the enemy wants you to get addicted. Yeah. Because once you're addicted, then you're finding your identity and your worth in it. Yes. And whether that's with drinking, drugs, smoking weed, you know, whatever it is, it yeah. could, it could be a number of things. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. relationships, right. friendship, sex, all that right. stuff. All yeah. of that. It's all addicting and it's, and it can yeah. all be idolized. Well, yeah. And, and I think it's that, it's that perversion of freedom that we talk about a lot. I talk about a lot when I'm teaching in DSM and that's our youth group. But, um, I think that the enemy presents things so well, right? It's like that McDonald's cheeseburger on the commercial that just looks amazing. And you're, you see it and you're like, Oh my gosh, that looks so good. And then when you actually get it, it looks like <laughs> this smushed up, nasty, just cheese hanging off the side, like disgusting sandwich, right? And then when you eat it, you feel even worse. And that's what it is, right? The enemy is presenting this this freedom that, well, God has given us freedom, right? God has given us the freedom to choose who we want to be, what we want to do, all those amazing things. But then the enemy uses that to pull us in the directions that we don't really want to go. And he uses the perversion of making it look good and saying, oh, you're free. You can do whatever you want. Live your best life. Only God can judge you. Everything is great. Everything's fine. Like, it's okay. They normalize things. They desensitize you to feeling like these things aren't okay, right? And it's all evil. And it, it, it boils down to only focusing on serving ourselves. And when we when we get in that mode of just only focusing on ourselves and only servicing ourselves, we become slaves to our own desires and we fall into bondage and we become this unauthentic version of who we really are, where we look like the rest of the world, thinking that we were being free and being ourselves. In reality, you're just doing exactly what the devil wants and exactly what this world wants. And that's for you to be dependent upon them, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, being, being, or experiencing those things where, you know, you're being desensitized to it, like, you know, things like pornography or mm-hmm. masturbation, like we all get desensitized to it because it's so in our face all the time, always yeah. on social media, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, on Snapchat, you know, we're always seeing uh, pleasurable images or videos and hearing these things and seeing these things and then engulfing our mind and our with with all of that Mm -hmm. and when we're doing that all the time it becomes more and more and more okay and our minds get desensitized to like you said so at the point where it doesn't even seem wrong right but it is yeah and we just have a corrupt view of it because the devil has used that to win over young people and then carry that those young people carry that for the rest of their lives so they don't break it right and it's really important to make sure that we're acting in integrity by you know, being that same person around others as well as at home, because it's really difficult when you're by yourself on your phone in your room, 
and your parents aren't home to not go watch pornography or to not do those things because you have complete freedom or it feels like you have complete freedom and your phone gives you access to all of that. Yeah. There's no, there's no limits or boundaries to what you can do at that point. Absolutely. And if you're not acting in integrity and you're not being authentic in your Christianity and who you are in Jesus, then you're going to fall into that trap time and time and time again. And then you're going to be at the point where you're trying to work yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. But that's really difficult too. Like that it's, it's, it's not easy. And I've had to deal with that. And I have friends that have had to deal with that. And it's been like a grind really up until this last couple, these last couple months to where, you know, I'm not struggling with those or this last year, I guess, where I'm not like seriously struggling with those things. And it doesn't just like engulf my mind anymore. Right. And, and I think the scary thing about that is, is because, you know, I, I've tried, I try to tell this to people is that just because you're a Christian does not make you not a human. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're still going to struggle. You're still going to suffer. You're still going to have to deal with a lot of this stuff. But the the thing that we have to do as Christians is understand that our decisions are what makes the difference after right. those things happen. Right. Or our decisions to not do certain things are what makes the difference. And when we start to lose that identity, when we start to lose that authenticity of who we are, we start to present this really false, dangerous gospel. Right. And I think that's kind of where the world is today, where it's like they look at Christianity and kind of laugh because it's like we've created this this Christianity that is, you know, made in the image of Jeremiah. You know what I mean? And is right. made from the words of Jeremiah, not from the word of God and not made in God's image. I'm presenting a Christianity that says, okay, you know, I'm a Christian, but I also go out here and I sound just like all of you guys who aren't Christians. I do all the same stuff. You guys, I have sex with the same people you guys do. I have, you know, do drugs a little bit, drink a little bit. You know, I do everything that the world does, but I also identify as this Christian and what it does to just Christianity as a whole and just the power of Jesus and just the, the, the freedom and deliver, you know, the delivery that he can, Hey, he can provide. It just weakens it. You know what I mean? It weakens it to the point where it, it becomes a joke in people's minds and it, it just completely strips the power of it. And unfortunately that's what we have a lot today where it's like, you see these preachers, you see people that are supposed to be Christian leaders that fall into these things that, they're losing that authenticity and they just get sucked into the white noise of everybody else that is presenting whatever they believe is the truth, right? We get put on the same shelf as crystals and <laughs> the Zodiac signs and whatever, you know what I mean? You, you name it, whatever in man made thing that people create to give them some direction. That's where Christianity gets put next to where in reality it should be above all of it because it has real power you know? Yeah. So I've spoken a little bit about my life being in high school and and that sort of thing. So you've been through high school and partially through college. So Mm -hmm. in college, what, what was that like? What boundaries, if you had any, did you set up Mm -hmm. and what, how difficult was it to maintain them? Was it difficult to maintain them? Just kind of give an overview. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I think that in college, I did not set the boundaries that I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and, you know, it was hard because like I said, in high school, I was very active in church. I was very active in ministry and our youth ministry and all of these things, music. 
Um, but when I went to college, away to college in Rhode Island, it was like I was separated from that. So I was separated from this consistent schedule of just Jesus in my life. And I, for the first time, I had to figure that out by myself. And for a very long time, there wasn't anything that I was figuring out. I just wasn't, you know, doing anything. I wasn't praying. I wasn't reading. I wasn't none of it. Like it was just gone because I was so consumed by just playing football. I was so consumed by going to school and I just the social aspect of everything. Like I didn't have, I didn't set those boundaries. And it, it, when you get in those environments and for the people that are listening that are getting ready to, you know, go to college or just become adults or even the adults that are listening, when you have complete control of your life, that's when it's the hardest. When you're in a routine under your parents, there's still some type of structure and there's still some type of guidelines that you have to follow. Even going to high school every single day, there's still a guideline that's keeping you under control. When you have 100% freedom to just go wherever you want and you're in a co-ed dorm with a bunch of beautiful girls and parties popping off 24-7, that's when it's hard. You know what I mean? That's when it's really, really hard. And I struggled. Like, I really, really struggled. And it was... It was because I wasn't living my authentic self. You know, I wasn't living that authentic Christian life. And I think that that entire experience would have gone differently if I was. I think if I would have been able to maintain my character, my godly character, and somehow figure out how to, you know, keep that up, I think that that whole experience would have been different. But it didn't go that way. And ultimately, I left. You know what I mean? And I gave up football and that was a whole situation and sad situation. But um, it led to a lot of pain, basically. Being being separated from God was one of the most painful things that came from that. And, you know, advice to the people that are getting ready to do that or the people that, you know, are adults now is like, you have to make it a point. Like You have to make it a point to say, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm not doing. This is what I'm committing to as far as my word time, my prayer time, getting plugged in with other people that will help you move along that path and just understand that, like, I need Jesus, you know. Um, it's important. And if you don't, it's going to make your life a lot harder if you don't do it, you know, and, and you will feel disconnected and it's hard to get back. Right. I um I actually kind of through high school, I kind of struggled with this, even being at mm -hmm. a Christian school, because. I just felt like I was so different sometimes that it was like, why am I here? Or are these people really Christian or I don't know where I belong. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I started to lose a little bit of my identity and who I was because I just felt so different and so like outcast. And I didn't have a church at the time. I was in between, you know, I was going to church to church with my dad and then a different church with my mom every other week. So I didn't really have a home church to where I could really plug in and feel like, you know, people care about me and love me because I just wasn't anywhere and there was nothing consistent in my life. Mm -hmm. And then this last year, my senior year, I was able to find this church. I was able to find church on the North coast and I was able to get involved and be a part of these things that, that are meaningful and the things that mean something for the body of Christ. Yeah. And I was able to grow in my, in my integrity. And then, you know, I, I was able to set up boundaries in my own, in my own mind to where I was clear on who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And, now I'm making a podcast, right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm doing the things that I've been wanting to do for my whole life because I decided that, that I needed to follow where I'm called and what I'm, mm -hmm. you know, what I need to do and who I've wanted to be for so long. And 
not only has have those things been fulfilled, but the things I've been praying for my entire life have been fulfilled because I decided to make it a point to find a church and get connected and be involved. And now that I am involved, I'm able to do these things that I've been wanting to do for so long. Mm -hmm. And I just think that the importance of finding a church, a church home where you're connected and you're, you know, not necessarily in a routine, but you're serving because, you know, we need to serve. Yeah. I like for me, like I just always feel great when I'm serving. Like I feel like I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. I love helping people. I love helping kids like just learn and have fun and, and bring joy to them because, you know, that's what I would have wanted when mm -hmm. I was, mm -hmm. when I was, you know, five or six, I would have wanted an older kid to be in there and playing basketball with me or playing volleyball or soccer or anything just yeah. to hang out and just see that. Yeah. What well, what are some of the things that like, I know you said that, that focus of like, just you were focusing on things that you wanted. Right. But then when you started to just change the focus of like, okay, I'm just focusing on God. What were some of the things that you gained? You said like things that you were praying for and things like that. Like when you were able to find that group and like plug in and all those things, like what were some of the things in your life that have just, you know, changed and some of the prayers that were answered, things like that. Yeah. Well, I think the first one would be finding friends, like mm -hmm. genuine friends that will do anything for me and will stick up for me behind my, like when I'm not there, if someone's talking behind my back, just to be able to say, no, like you can't say that about this person because they're not that way or right. they're my friend. Like you can't talk about them like that because that's not, like, it's just not okay. Yeah. And just being loved by people, whether that's, you know, my friend group or the church leader, just being welcomed. Mm -hmm. And I've always longed for, like I said, a friend group and a church that I can be a part of and the things I've prayed for, like having an older brother that is just there for me and is providing for me and just helping me out, helping me learn these things like, you know, how to spend money, how to save money, how to, how to treat people with respect, how to treat girls with respect, just because, you know, I, I didn't really have that. And mm -hmm. those are, and, and with music as well, like doing music, like I've always wanted to do music. I've always felt called to worship, but I've never had anybody invest in me. I've never had anybody say, Hey, like we're going to get you a guitar or Hey, come up on stage and sing. Hey, let's, let's get you plugged in. Let's go sing. Right. Like those things have never happened to me because people, when I'm not, when I wasn't involved and I, I wasn't ready myself and I wasn't looking for that or I wasn't focused on that, you know, my, when my focus was on mm -hmm. basketball or soccer or school or, or a relationship, when I was focused on those things first, it kept me from doing things that I was called to and the things yeah. I've been praying for and wanted to do for my entire life. And your authentic self. Right. And I think that it was funny because like when we met you, I just felt like you, you understood it, right? Like you understood you were different. You understood that those things were in there. And I think you understood that like something wasn't right. You know what I mean? Like that's how it felt. Like you you had it. It was there. But like nobody else was validating it. And so like you felt like you were crazy or something. You know what I mean? Maybe you didn't feel like you were crazy, but like you were frustrated where it was like, what the heck is going on? Like what's wrong with me? Like why am I feeling this weird? I think a lot of times we had conversations. You're like, I just feel disconnected from the Holy Spirit. And I feel like it, that happens to a lot of people where it's like, you know it, you know, inside of you that you have been called, you've been set apart, you have these gifts, you have these callings, but it's hard when you don't have anybody else that says, oh yeah, you've been set apart, you've been called, you have this gift, this gift. Like when nobody else is identifying that in you, it can be very, very difficult. And so, like you said, it's important to just find people in your life that are going to say, that's that's you 
You know what I mean? That's who you are. That's what, you know, you've been called to do and pull those things out of you because that changes everything. That's it's changed you completely, you know? Yeah, definitely. So um, to end this episode, I just I would just encourage everybody to plug in with the church, but don't just go with the first church you see either, because it took me. I actually had been searching for churches with my with my best friend, but it took us quite a few churches to find this church. And we had almost given up looking Mm -hmm. and then we got invited to go do a youth retreat. And then after that, it was just this is definitely where we're called to be. And so get plugged in with the church and do the thing, do do music or serve or help in the children's ministry, help with the youth group, just be a part of it and see really who Jesus is to others. And then, you know, understand and, and figure it out for yourself as well, because that's really important too. And, and understand that it's not easy. No, it's it's not easy easy. to be your authentic Christian self in any environment at any stage of life. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a challenge. The devil doesn't want that. The devil doesn't want you to present an authentic Jesus to the world because that's what the world needs. And so, listen, you can do it. Stay strong in it. Surround yourself with people that will pull that out of you and understand that you're not doing this alone. We all struggle with it and we're all going through it and we're with you. Yep.